so much has been happening as of late that it is hard to keep up. But don't worry, we're going to hit the highlights for you, and Bobby will give his reactions and biblical guidance on hot topics like Barbie, aliens, and more. Welcome to the show that loves doubters. We have lots to cover, so we are going to just dive right in. Sound of Freedom is a movie starring the passion of Christ actor Jim Caviezel. It is a thriller about a former Homeland Security agent battling human trafficking. Now, one of the surprising things about this movie is that Disney produced the film and then put it on the shelf. It was finally bought by Angel Studios, the studio with the wildly successful show The Chosen, and it was released on the 4th of July, 2023. Now, Today.com says this about the film, but as Sound of Freedom soars in the box office, the controversy around the movie is on the rise, too, with critics alleging it paints an inaccurate picture of human trafficking and the film has ties to the conspiracy group QAnon. Bobby, what is your review of this movie and what do you make of the controversy surrounding it? Well, I do know that the director has removed himself from the controversy of it being related to QAnon. So all that to say, uh, there has been that removal. But the sad part of it to me, Tim, is the distraction of what's really happening. And that is there is human trafficking that is taking place. In fact, you and I live in Charlotte and Charlotte, North Carolina, due to the Uh, quick access to some of the exits and stuff. Uh, Charlotte has a huge influence of sex trafficking. In Southern California, like in Newport Beach, like one of the top spots where, you know, these Newport Beach businessmen, you know, are consuming uh, what is being produced in the world of sex trafficking as they pay for these young girls uh, and what they can offer. It's horrific. I fact, in fact, I knew a guy once uh, that uh, worked undercover as a rescuer, and he would go in and literally, at, like a hitman, have to take out uh, some of these people who were enslaving these young girls and rescuing these kids from sexual uh, slavery. And so it really broke my heart, Tim, to hear that we're making this about QAnon or a controversy. I I just kind of think if there is a little bit of extremism on any of the points, and I'm not saying there is, but if there is, let's just get to the heart of the matter that a movie that is painting the, the, the reality of trafficking children in a bad light and that we should be broken about it and do something about it, that should be non-controversial. And I'm thankful that this is exposed and shed light on what's taken place. Yeah, I would completely agree. I mean, we saw the movie. It was hard to watch just knowing that uh, this is happening. It's just a reminder of, of one of those awful, terrible, evil things that happens in our world. And I would give license to any film that's like kind of, you know, based on a true story uh, in some sense. They're going to take license to make it more dramatic to, you know, to shrink some of the timelines and, and whatnot. So I'm kind of expecting that going in. But like you said, I think we can all be united on the fact that sex trafficking, especially of minors, is is terrible. Any other thoughts that you want to add to that? Well, I do think that, uh, you know, the cast did a good job. The acting, uh, you know, was great. Uh, I, I just feel like as far as the movie goes, <clears throat> it's not 
so much for me even about critiquing how well it was directed how great the acting is that's all important uh, you know for the award ceremony to be able to figure out who they want to pass awards out to and and to look at stuff like that for me i'm just more concerned about the central message and bothered by the fact that we're not aligned that this is a real problem we have to deal with this and any opportunity for the evil one to get in and cause us to you know be dialoguing about whether or not this is part of QAnon uh, it just seems absurd in light of the bigger picture we've got a real problem and that is kids are being trafficked and we should be uh, applauding the work that's being done by authors and artists to be able to draw exposure to this and yes uh, that doesn't mean just because you're an artist or you're somebody that's writing that you can't depict this stuff in a bad way but clearly the message of this director uh was we have got to do something about it these lives really do matter and we need to put an end to it well let's move to the barbie movie next came out uh, around the same time so imdb's one sentence summary of the plot of the barbie movie is that barbie suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence but as Bobby, you and I both know there's political conservatives that are very vocal about their opposition to this movie. So, Bobby, you watched the movie. So before we get to any more of the controversial bits, uh, you know, give us your overall impression of the film. Yeah, it almost sounds funny, um, you know, talking about Barbie as a movie, like how in the world can you make a movie called Barbie and it be a success? Uh, you know, I felt kind of goofy going to Barbie, to be honest with you. And, you know, you're looking around and there's dress up parties and everything else <laughs> that's going on. Uh, it just really took me by surprise uh, the kind of traction uh, that this movie had got. I had no plans of seeing it. Uh, I wanted to see Oppenheimer. And my wife said, you know, I think that you should watch this, hon. You, you're an apologist. And, uh, you know, there's lots of apologists that are putting stuff out on this. And you should just watch it because of the controversy to know what your thoughts are on it. And so, hey, that sounds good. I watched it through that lens. And my overall feeling um, was uh, one of surprised uh, by the reaction um, a little bit that is went out in particular, you know, in the church. Uh, I definitely would say that you can see, you know, that, the message is this a little bit. Okay. You know, it starts off in, you know, Barbie land and, and, and you've got Ken and Barbie land and he is just a sucker for, for Barbie. And as you're watching, you know, the, the movie, you're thinking, man, it, it's painting him as a dunce. He's nothing without, you know, the affection and the love of Barbie that he just can't get the attention to Barbie's caught up in this perfect world of just, every day looking the same, but then she grows discontent with this world. And then all of a sudden, you know, Ken and Barbie, they kind of go off to the real world. Ken learns some information that he's been oppressed. And so he recognizes, call it the, the, the critical theory moment where there's oppression and the, the, the object is woman. So let's overthrow that. And now he, uh, back in Barbie land, now Ken land becomes the oppressors with the men of women. And so it's just the flip. And then obviously things settle down by the end of the movie. Um, I would say, is there a theme in the movie that, you know, it's a r world ruled by men? Yeah, but that the answer is not 
the world shouldn't be ruled by men or women. And so that's what we often do. We go from one extreme to the next. Like, oh, look, this is the kind of world that is produced when it, men oppress it. Okay, so what's the reaction? Let's get a world that women now are in control. And so you don't take toxic masculinity and answer it with toxic femininity. Mm -hmm. But overall, Tim, I would say aesthetically, you know, I guess you could say, hey, it had a cute aesthetic. Um, there wasn't cussing. There wasn't, you know, sex in the movie. Uh, it, it was slapstick. It was goofy. And so for me, I really would have no problem taking my kids to a movie like that, letting them watch it, and then asking questions after the movie like, what do you think the central message of the movie is? What do you think the movie's trying to say about masculinity, about femininity? Is it trying to say that one role is better than the other? What does the Bible have to say about gender roles? And what should our response to a movie like this be? And so this shouldn't surprise us as Christians to see a movie coming out of Hollywood uh, that would present some of this gender battle that you can see taking place. But overall, Tim, there are a lot worse movies than watching Barbie. You just have to be aware of some of the points that are there and then use it for discussion. Well, totally. Well, I think we should discuss one of those points. So uh, maybe some of the more controversial bits here. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing. I tried to find a clip of the actress America Ferreira kind of giving this long monologue. It doesn't quite exist yet. The movie is too new. So you're going to have to suffer through me reading just a little bit of this to kind of get a flavor. And then I would love to get your response. So she says this, it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. And it kills me that you don't think that you're good enough. Like we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say that you want to be thin. You have to say that you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You're not supposed to, or you're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not too pretty that you tempt them too much or that you're threatened because other women are supposed to be, you know, part of this sisterhood or something. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie yourself in knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. So I get <laughs> Sorry, you had to suffer through me reading that uh, model. It's much longer. I kind of cut it down a little bit. But Bobby, what do you make of this quote and, and you know, kind of the, the picture that the, that the whole movie paints of women in society today? I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. I mean, even consider what's taken place with the LGBTQ and the transgender piece is basically eliminating the category of woman. And thankfully, women are speaking up. Think of what happened to J.K. Uh, Rowling, uh, you know, and I love the podcast that she did in response. But here's somebody that would be pro, you know, LG, uh, you know, B lifestyle. But then with the T, she sees this as a real threat to femininity. Uh, it's erasing really what a woman is. Uh, you know, when you've got transgenders saying that they've got menstrual pains taking place or pregnant people, uh, what's happening is you're losing uh, what it means to be clearly a woman. So then when women, if, if they have a clear definition, they feel like they're being told that, you know, the, oh, the definition is you have to be beautiful. Or the definition is you have to, you know, be completely submissive to your husband and be a helper. Or the definition is 
one of confusion whereby, you know, you, you don't even know what a woman is because now you have trans uh, women that are coming into the mix. So I feel like this is very confusing. Think about, uh, you know, the messages that they, that they do receive, right? Don't, don't tempt us as men with your dress style, but, oh, we want you to be beautiful. Uh, you can, you can really understand this. I mean, I do think that there has been some toxic masculinity and I do think that women have experienced oppression in our history. I mean, the very fact that they couldn't vote until our, our country was well on its way is a problem. So there's good things that can come out of a movement like feminism, but a feminism movement without any breaks will then uh, end up needing a, a masculinity movement because that will have become the oppressive movement. So we really do need to get our cues as Christians from the scripture on what God says we are as man and woman and learn how to embrace that identity. Yeah, I would completely agree. I mean, some of this statement is appalling when I, you know, hear it or when I was reading through it, I was thinking, yeah, and I don't think that that's the picture of, uh, you know, male and female or even just, you know, female relationships that should be it. I don't think that should be the reality. And I do think that that is more of a symptom of where our culture has abandoned Christian values than where they are embracing them. So speaking of Christian values, what did you think of how the movie portrayed the actor or the, the, the character Ken. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's interesting, Tim, when you're watching this stuff, because uh, it, it can be a little bit, you know, humiliating to see how we're depicted as guys. Um, I'm one of those guys that I don't feel like I'm easily offended on stuff like that. So where some people go, I don't like how they're depicting Ken. He's just a doofus. He looks like this. And I go, yeah, on one side, I, I can see that, you know, you know, because in the first part, he's depicted as totally desperate. And then he's a despot. And so it's kind of like he can't figure out really who he is, right? It's like he needs Barbie in order to feel like himself. And then he doesn't need Barbie at all in order to feel like himself. But then when he feels like himself there, he's a complete despot. And then on the other, you know, he's completely dependent upon, you know, another for a sense of identity. Uh, so I, I don't like the way that we're often depicting men. Uh, but you know what? It's a taste of our own medicine. Women don't like the way that they've been depicted a lot either. Uh, but that begs the question, do we always have to depict men and women as they are? Or can we depict men and women as they're perceived or as we want them to be? And so right. sometimes, uh, you know, a director is going to depict its characters, not as they are, but as they want them to be, or um, as they are, uh, it, it might depict them to be, uh, you know, the way that they really do live. So it's just, what's the purpose of the film? And for me, I didn't find it offensive it's kind of like the Harry Potter series. People went crazy in the church about that. And I thought, my yeah. goodness, there's so many things that you could watch that, in my opinion, that are far worse. And you can come with some teaching nuggets out of this stuff if we look for them. Uh, and again, I've been frustrated, too. But, uh, you know, with the way that men are portrayed, you know, like every man is like Homer Simpson. Yeah. But every character in every show is a conglomeration or a stereotype of whatever that character is. And we, we understand as we're consuming entertainment that there is some stereotypical things there. So let, let's move to another topic. Again, we're hitting a whole bunch of them. 
Aliens. So uh, there was a, a guy named David Grush, and he is an FBI whistleblower who claims that he has witnessed, you know, kind of life from other planets, if you will, uh, what we now call UAPs, uh, formerly known as UFOs. Uh, you can watch his video that he did an interview on News Nation, and he also was questioned by uh, Congress. So uh, let, let's get to the, the actual practical point. Bobby, are you worried about aliens from other planets? Uh Personally, I'm not. I know that, you know, this particular um, individual, David Grush, uh, as a whistleblower, you know, he was convinced that, you know, he saw some documentation that, you know, under Mussolini that there was, you know, a foreign spaceship that, you know, has been hidden. And whether or not there's aliens and life on other planet, uh, I, I'm not too concerned about that. Uh would it surprise me in, you know, a universe so vast if there was other life? Uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, yeah, I'd be surprised. Like, I, I'd want to know what that life is like. And then no, because the universe is massive. Um, I guess the feelings that I would have is, are we okay? Uh, are we going to be engaging uh, with these aliens anytime soon? Uh, does the posture seem friendly? What do they want from us? What do we want from them? Uh, what's the learning curve going to be like to learn how to connect? Uh, do they have an idea about God? What kind of learning have they advanced? What's their origin story? Um, have they produced books and movies and film and music? What is it like? Do they, how many senses do they have? Is there another sense that 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 that's a powerful sense that I've never even thought of? Like all this kind of stuff, that would be the kind of things I would be thinking about if we're going to encounter these aliens. But I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, but you forced me to for a moment. So those are the kind of thoughts I guess I would have. <laughs> I did. Well, maybe that's a little bit of a difference between you and I spend, I, no, maybe not a lot of time, but I do spend some time thinking about it. I mean, I think one of the limitations is energy, you know, like how could, you know, the nearest possible inhabited planet is something like 30,000 light years away, you know, so how can, you know, any kind of carbon based life form make that travel? I mean, really the only way that I've heard it from a scientific community is something like, wormholes where you can like bend space and time and jump from one spot to another spot. And uh, that seems so out of the realm of possibility <laughs> that you could even, even if that was possible that like something could manipulate that, right? Something outside of a divine being could manipulate that. So I know that there's been Christians that have talked about possibly uh, these being demons or, or something from the supernatural realm that are, uh, you know, kind of making themselves known to people that are in the occult. I think that's a plausible explanation. But uh, again, I have no idea. I'm, I'm kind of agnostic on that whole thing. Yeah, but I do think it. one one question that does come up is if life is discovered outside of the earth, what, if any, effect would that have on the truth of Christianity? I don't think it would have uh, an impact on the truth of Christianity unless you are in this position where um, suppose now you're, able to interact with these aliens. And then the aliens were telling us um, that there is a plurality of gods and they had all this evidence that, that we live in a polytheistic universe. Uh, well, that could pose a, a bit of a challenge where you're yeah. having to, now I'm doing apologetics with the content that the aliens are saying is involved. 
But in general, I just don't see it being a problem because the, the truth of Christianity, the Bible's not telling us um, about other planets necessarily that there's life existence. That's not the point. It's telling us what's going on on Earth. So if I was to think about what could threaten um, our belief, it would only be the fact that if there was aliens from another planet, if they were challenging the truth of Christianity and providing lines of evidence for an alternative worldview, I guess we'd have to consider that. But I don't think that um, our arguments, even that we already leverage in Christianity and apologetics, I just don't think the aliens, you know, what are they, they going to come up with, right? Like right. we believe theism is a better argument than than polytheism and we believe Christianity is the best expression of theism. And so I think that we'd still be leveraging the same type of argumentation. Well, we have one more topic to get to, but I do want to remind our audience that if you enjoy, if you have enjoyed any of these topics and you want us to dive deeper or you want to hit uh, or us to hit related topics, we would love for you to let us know that in the comments of this video on our YouTube channel. And while you're there, go ahead, subscribe to our channel, like this current video, share it out with your network. It's a completely free and easy way to uh, help support this ministry. So let's get back to our last topic. Uh, it seems that the buzzword continues to be unprecedented. So Trump has been indicted again, I think for the fourth time now, maybe it'll be more by the time someone watches this video. But it, one of the things that I think this isn't a legal podcast, Bobby, you and I are not lawyers. And so we're not necessarily going to talk about the, the legal or, or the legal you know points of this. But I do think that it does have some downstream effects on culture and what Christians should be thinking about in light of all this. So Bobby, how should we think about this cultural moment we as Christians with a former president, someone that's in the 2024 um, you know, presidential campaign being indicted uh, on several, and I do mean several accounts? Tim, obviously, um, you know, if there's wrongdoing, then there needs to be justice that is enacted as it relates to the court of law. So uh, I think I just can't get to the bottom of whether Trump or Biden, where their guilt ends and where it begins. There's so much out there. And depending upon which news station that you're listening to, it's kind of like, you know, what what authority you choosing to listen to and you're going to buy the arguments of and believe. Um, and that's unfortunately the way information just works in general across different uh, fields of learning. So that said, Tim, I think for me, the bigger concern is number one, I'd say it's, it's not a good look having our past president and our current president with his son, uh, what this does internationally. Uh, it, it's a bad look. Uh, secondly, uh, what we need to get back to is recognizing that we need leaders that have a moral compass. Uh, and we've lost sight of that. Uh, uh, that that our culture needs to be led by people of virtue. And when you don't have virtue, you end up with these type of problems that we have been in. And so uh, what do you expect when you're just looking for leaders to pass agendas so that we can uh, do whatever we want with our genitals, or you're just looking for leaders to give you the most amount of benefits? Well, guess what? You can get leaders that can give you all kinds of stuff. But what we need is leaders that will you know, be moral exemplars to us, show us what it looks like to, to discern right from wrong, 
to to be chaste and upright and to and to value true justice. But when you get people with a lack of morals and then they go before courts of law and then now all of a sudden, oh, I don't care about what kind of morals my president has until he breaks his morals then uh, we want him to pay a just price. Right. So I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Give me what I want or, uh, you know, so we just are very problematic. We need to get back to a, having leaders of virtue. That's what I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And that is one of the disappointing things about kind of this, you know, current cultural moment. And I think one of the other, you know, kind of pieces is that as these charges keep coming, it seems like Trump is going up in the polls. What do you make of that? Well, uh, you know, poll numbers don't mean a whole lot to me. I think that the everybody in the polls represent numbers and individuals that need human hearts to be transformed. And unfortunately, I don't think Trump or Biden um, are going to be best for the culture. It's just going to keep us in this divided state. I would hope that we could find a leader that can figure out how to bring the parties together and to lead out of godliness. And, and if, if the person's not a godly person, hopefully they're just a person who cares about you know, good natural moral law and keeping those types of values intact for us. Amen to that. Well, if you have enjoyed these cultural conversations, you might want to check out episode 26 of Christianity Still Makes Sense, as Bobby spoke with author and podcast host Justin Briley about his latest book on the surprising rebirth of belief in Christianity. We'll see you next time.